Jim Britt and Jim Lutz had a vision, and the Change Book series was developed. Welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your hosts and personal coaches that'll show you how to bankroll your mind. Lawrence Pipkin and Rich Perry. Join Lawrence and Rich weekly as they interview the top co-authors from all over the globe who share their insights into self-empowerment with life-enhancing realizations that will touch every area of your life. We're live every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to the Change Book Radio Show. I'm joined by my co-host and friend, Lawrence Pipkin. Lawrence, what's going on? Not much. I'm enjoying the beautiful Texas weather, 77 degrees at noon. So be jealous. Right on. Well, hey, we've got some... We've got two amazing co-authors that are going to be joining us today. Last week, it was it was 90 minutes of uh, me and Lawrence just talking about whatever. This week, we've got two powerhouse co-authors. The first co-author is Michelle Geske, and we're going to get to her in just a moment. Before we introduce Michelle, I do have some shout-outs, and I want to give a loving shout out to our friend and co-author Tamara Renee, who went on to iTunes and gave us a review and a star rating. And she said, the change book radio show is filled with the most insightful speakers and teachers in the world today. After you have spent time listening to these different people, internalizing each one's their ideas and insights, you'll be changed in a positive way for the rest of your li- for the rest of your life. Thank you Tamara for giving us that awesome review and um also a happy birthday shout out to our other co-author Christine Suva. Today is her birthday, so happy birthday Christine. And right now we're going to introduce our first guest who is Michelle Geski from New York, and she's in book 10. Michelle Geske has 20 years experience in consulting, training, executive, and personal coaching. She's a certified relationship, leadership, health and wellness coach and trainer. She's a speaker and co-author of two books. The first book is Authentic Alignment, and she's also in book 10 of the Change Book series. Michelle is a powerful, intuitive coach committed to helping her clients live authentic and purposeful, joyful lives. Michelle, you there with us? I am. I'm so excited to be on the show with you two. What an extraordinary time we're in. And it's so great that Jim Lutz and Jim Britt have created this experience for everyone who's been willing to get out on the skinny branches. So, you know, Thank you, both of you, for having me on the show, and I look forward to, you know, getting to know you guys. Awesome, awesome. And, Michelle, you and I had a had a great hour-long conversation yesterday, so thank you for taking the time out to speak with me directly, and now here you are on the radio show with us. <laughs> I know. It's great. And, Lawrence, I look forward to getting to know you. And also, I'm very excited to be able to bring my messaging out to the listeners, because I believe that, uh, like the um, 
co-author wrote in the iTunes review, each of us that are on this show bring a wealth of wisdom and extraordinary life experiences that are really translatable. And so my hope is that uh, we can have a few minutes to discuss some of uh, what I'm speaking about in my chapter, which is called the SH word, short for shame, and uh, hopefully bring some tools to the listeners out there and help them engage in their life with less struggle and more joy. Absolutely. So, Michelle, let's dive right in. The sh word. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what the sh word is and what's in your chapter? <laughs> it would be my <laughs> pleasure. So, you know, this is a ver- my chapter. The topic is very, very um, powerful and it's one of uh, the ways that we human beings are conditioned to operate in life. And, you know, those of us who are around listening to the show most likely grew up where we weren't allowed to say certain bad words. And I took a play on that because for most of us, the topic that I'm talking about is shame. And shame is one of those emotions um, that, as I say in my chapter, we'd almost rather chew on glass than experience. And Unfortunately, that's the relationship that most of us have with shame. Fortunately, shame is hardwired into our systems, and it is hardwired for survival purposes. It's just we have such a uh, broken kind of old operating system perspective on how to relate with shame that we really don't know how to use it for our own benefit. So... Again, most of us, you know, we'd we'd rather talk about anything else. We'd rather explore anything else except for maybe talking about the IRS. I mean, there are really few things that more people avoid than that experience. And the thing is, is that there is um, actual study and work out there that really says, hey, we were hardwired this way. We were hardwired to feel shame because once upon a time, we really needed each other for survival. So allowing ourselves to experience shame was a way of keeping us banded together because we have a greater chance of survival together than we do alone, unlike in the Survivor miniseries where everybody gets bumped off the island. Um, you know, in this particular instance, how we came through the millennia was really through being in groups. And humans are really hardwired to want to love and be connected, be intimate, and share in life experience. And the problem with our unconscious relationship with shame is that because it doesn't belong to us, it's actually shame belonging to our society, our parents, our religious system, our our friends, our culture, we as small children internalize other people's values, beliefs, assumptions, and make them our own without recognizing that we've done that. And because most likely it comes from our closest relationships, which is our parents or grandparents, those that raise us, we also feel that if we aren't living in those same standards, that we're going to get left behind. And we always want our parents' approval. So it's like as adults, 
we have a very hard time letting go of the old shame paradigm because it's been hardwired into us in a really bizarre way. It's almost like shame is a part of acceptance and love. So, um, so that's really part of what I'm talking about in my chapter, and I'm also looking at tools to help people change their relationship with shame so that we can have a healthy, authentic relationship with us where we recognize and understand our own true north, our own inner guidance system, the values that are very meaningful to us that we understand as adults are really truly ours and don't belong to someone else. So when we feel shame, we really stop and choose and say, okay, what am I doing or not doing, saying or not saying? What has happened um, that I'm experiencing this? And is there something that I need to navigate differently with, change direction on, make amends, you know, to someone, even myself? Uh, Because the other paradigm that gets collapsed is we often, when we feel shame, experience ourselves as the mistake rather than making a mistake. So the mistake is not outside of us, something that we did but that we're not attached to. We actually attach to it like it's us. And so um, the more in sync we are with our own true values and integrity, the easier it is to unattach from feeling like I am the mistake and really say like, oh, there's something going on here that's out of integrity and let me look at it and see how I can myself, powerful person that I am, create a different solution or a different opportunity or remedy the situation so we don't lose our power. Am I losing either of you guys here or any of my listeners, do you think, or are we on the same page? Well, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about as I was reading your chapter, which I loved, and it's so full, Thank you. so much information that we're going to have to have a three-hour conversation about where you came up with certain things. But <laughs> that being said, um, I like how you said that uh, you can you let go of shame by acknowledgement. And when you talk about attaching to shame as if it's uh, as if it's us instead of outside of us, can you describe? Um, to the listeners or to the readers of your chapter, what do you truly mean by letting go by acknowledgement or give them a sense of what that process does for you in your own mind when you're writing about this? Well, I think uh, I'm, I don't know how many listeners out there are familiar with mindfulness or mindfulness therapy or um, meditation or even getting into a flow state sometimes where, and you can get there any number of ways, whether it's through sports or knitting or whatever, coloring and adult coloring books, but just getting into that flow state where we can kind of understand that, uh, get some altitude from what it is, what the event is that occurs, and sort of from our own dynamic of emotions. Because the emotions come very fast based on our own thought patterns. So if you think about a time when you get upset about something, maybe somebody in the last couple of days has pissed you off, and if you could recall that time, you remember what happened, and you have your own interpretation of that event 
the other person might have a completely different one, but you're stuck with your emotions about it. The other person may not be, but it's you that are trapped with them. And it's based on your thoughts and your beliefs, your interpretation of the event. So when we feel shame, one of the ways that we can almost embrace it is to go into the feeling and recognize that what, and and really say to ourselves, and this is a tool, whatever it is that I'm experiencing right now is born of whatever thoughts I'm telling myself right now. And those thoughts may not be real. Those expressions from assumptions and beliefs that many may, may which come from childhood are not relevant right now. So let me just kind of lift myself up out of it like I'm looking down at a science experiment. And let's just review as much as we can away from the emotion just to have a brief moment of accepting that, okay, I'm feeling shame and maybe that's a good thing. Let me check if it's my my authentic shame, meaning it's something that I run my righted ship by or if it's the inauthentic shame that's from our past that's born of unconscious conditioning from our early life um, and the beliefs that we have accepted as our own that judge us, that demand certain um, reactions from us that are really from our childhood. So it's getting conscious, elevating yourself, even for a moment, because sometimes we have to recognize that that experience emotionally can be very heavy and very toxic because of how how we want to do good all the time. You know, human beings are wired to look good, be right, be in control, avoid pain. And we always want to be our best self, and we're very, very quick and hard to judge ourselves and take our own selves down. So the shame is there. It's not really the shame itself that's taking us down, but it's our own judgment of the uh, that we put on ourselves once we start to feel shame it can really, really spiral. So the idea is to just get some clarity and find out which shame is running your boat. And just in that engagement, it allows you to elevate a little. So the act of acting like a scientist, the act of elevating up, creates an opportunity to kind of look with an accepting more loving and gentle eye than what we normally do when we instantaneously feel shame. And it can happen at the snap of the fingers and we don't even realize we felt it practically because we're so darn good at stuffing it down. So, you know, I feel that there is a lot of opportunity and I sense there's a lot of opportunity for people to really own their power and feel so much freer if they're willing to just start to actually be in relationship with their own personal shame. Uh, I'm not sure I answered that question exactly how you would have liked it, but I do know that that is really one of one of the um, really, really base elements to first starting to create a new relationship with your shame. No, I think it's... Um, and, and I think that's the good thing about being able to actually ask a co-author, explore what they wrote, because my perception is always going to be a little bit different, and so is Rich's, and so is uh, Tamara's or Jim or Jim's when they read something. And so it's nice to have an inside look 
at where you're coming from as you're creating this design that you put into a bigger picture that the intention is just to help or to give somebody tools uh, like I like you said uh, about your cup list uh, to give us really concrete things to help us move to the next step and I that feeling of letting go by acknowledgement because it's I, it must be something that permeate, permeates the way I think about things. So your answer is that. perfect as far as I'm concerned. Um, Thank you. So I just loved it. I loved it very much. And let me uh, see if Rich has and we'll keep on going. Okay, great. Is Rich there? I am, I am. No, I, I loved it as well. Um, I, I definitely resonated with uh, Michelle. You were saying, you, you started talking about in childhood, um, you know, getting these outside beliefs getting thrown at you from parents and adults that were nearby. And you were saying about uh, feeling like an outcast and you, you mentioned like that modeling experience when you went to take some pictures and you weren't feeling well, but you know, you were getting these outside beliefs thrown at you and someone could, you know, adopt that shame and start looking inward as though they were at fault or they were the wrong person or that they were weak or not, uh, you know, adequate to work with others. And the reason it resonated with me is because when I was a small child, I moved from New York to a small town in Northeastern Pennsylvania. And I was the outcast for a long time. I was picked on by peers and, you know, they, they said, go home to the city. And, you know, they really made me feel inadequate as a child, like I wasn't worthy of being there because those were their beliefs. And, you know, as a small child, like five, six years old, and even you mentioned not having the logical, the ability to think logically, you know, you, someone could adopt those beliefs and, you know, not have a great existence because, they're adopting these other people's limiting beliefs and limiting decisions and things like that. So I loved your chapter and I definitely resonated with those parts of your childhood. So thank you for addressing those and, you know, being open and vulnerable to the reader to let them get to know you a little bit better. You know, you're so welcome. I mean, you know, one of the greatest gifts is, and I know you guys know this, um, and I, I think if the listeners would look back in their recent past, it, one of the greatest gifts we have is that ability to connect with people and understanding that vulnerability is really a power, and it's power because it's connection. I mean, we're all made of the same stardust, right? Um, you know, I've found in exploring uh, my clients' lives and uh, people who come to my trainings uh, who are participating that everyone yearns to be open. Everybody yearns to connect. Everybody wants to share what's really gone on for them. Life is richer that way. And that's why I think that the, um, the sh word um, is worth talking about because we all have those experiences. And, I mean, I know I have it sometimes. I mean, I have a daughter who's 12, 
and I'll take her to school sometimes. And I can remember when she was in the elementary school, it's less that way in the middle school. There was a very tiny elementary school, and the moms would all stand up outside, and, you know, they weren't really talking to each other. And so what is that about, right? And I really think it's that people have inner conversations of um, lack of worthiness or feeling somehow that they don't fit in because they're listening to these internal dialogues. And, you know, so there's a natural separation that occurs unless we make a conscious effort to really reclaim our authentic selves by doing this kind of work and putting in practical application. And it shows up, I mean, you know that I have worked in the corporate arena for years, and that was one of the biggest prohibitors to people's success is their mindset, that they were somehow, um, you know, their mistake or their their lack of, um, you know, producing a particular document at a certain time or getting a certain team to perform exactly how they thought they should perform. People could really get... Um, almost stage fright. You know, they really got stunted in their moving forward. And it wasn't so much that one mistake. It's that it harks back to every other time we've had that experience, right? It's the same with fear. It's like so often we're not really fearful of what's actually in front of us. It's that we have this relationship with fear and it goes brings back all our stuff from our childhood subconsciously. We're just not really programmed to recognize it, thank God. <laughs> or we might you know, really go under. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but that is really the case. And so, you know, the opportunity to start saying, okay, I see shame, I feel it, and it's touching me right now, it's zipping by at the speed of light, let me just acknowledge it for what it is, check in and see why am I feeling that. Most of the time, it's from that old paradigm that you're talking about, Rich. And it is really hard when you're five or six to understand. And we take that five-year-old brain into our present time. Like, here we are. I'm a grown woman. You're a grown man. The listeners are out there are grown. And a lot of times when we feel shame, it isn't really the, the, the let's say, if there was a shame scale, like a shame Richter thing that moved back and forth like a pendulum, the shame meter might be, like, way out at a 10-plus for an event that was really like truly a half a point of shame. But it's all the, it's all the energetic emotion from our subconscious, from every, every other shame event that has occurred up till that point. So I always tell my, my clients, whatever it is, that emotion that you're experiencing now, most of it is not relevant in terms of scope to what's really happening for you here. It's just like old you know, I don't know, it's old stuff hanging around waiting to come out again. And once we can recognize that, it's much easier to elevate and get out of this feeling and say, oh, that's so cool. I'm like having this experience, but it's not really about now. So now I'm free to kind of figure out what do I want to do now. Until that moment where we're in self-realization of what's going on, we then become that emotion. And so many of my clients either hide, they go into overwhelm, they get angry at themselves, they self-sabotage, they um, stuff it down. And one of the things that I'm not sure that I mentioned in this chapter is um, there's been a lot of neuroscience study recently. And one thing that's so compelling is that there's actually science now that says our limbic system is really designed to have us talk about stuff that feels cruddy. And what happens when we do that is our limbic system quiets down, meaning it actually helps 
us lessen the pain. So when we're in the throes of emotional trauma from shame, if we can find someone that we relate to and trust, and maybe for you two, it's the two of you because you work so closely together and you have that great collaboration, just to have someone to talk it through. A, you're going to feel supported and, you know, connected. B, that other person gets a chance to be in service, which also generates some great feeling. But C, the act of talking, of speaking it out loud, actually numbs down some of our emotions. So our brains are actually designed, not only are they hardwired to have us feel shame, but they're also designed if we'll actually speak about it in a group, which remember being, you know, cavemen chased by dinosaurs, helps alleviate that experience emotionally. So uh, I've even told clients, if you can't find someone, go speak to yourself in front of the mirror. It is a really awkward and uncomfortable experience, but it's really, really helpful. And I've practiced it. I know it to be true because I'm a child that grew up with a lot of shame. Uh, I'm also adopted, so I had shame about that. You know, I didn't fit in with everybody else. I mean, I have, you know, we could probably spend a week talking about all of our various shame stories. The, the bottom line is that there are really great tools, and shame shows up everywhere. It shows up in your life professionally. It shows up in the choices that you make if you're not careful. It shows up in your behavior, and it shows up in your demeanor, and it really affects us being present and really enjoying life, you know, to the fullest. I mean, don't you guys want to suck the marrow from the bone of life? Who wants to have this word, you know, taking our power from us? I don't. Um, so that's, that's the main, uh, that's the main takeaway about shame is that we have an ability to create our own relationship that's positive with it and see it as a tool and be, you know, get into close relationship with it. So we really understand it when it's showing up because a lot of people experience shame as anger. They don't, don't even want to get deep enough to like press down into those darker, emotions, but it's there. So what is your shame like? How do you experience it? Learning to really be in recognition and in deep relationship with your own shame will help you to thwart it, uh, the unhealthy version anyway, when it shows up. And if it's the healthy version, you're like, oh, rats, I really didn't mean to say that to that person because she's such a cool person. Then we own up and we take an action or we say something and we honor ourselves for recognizing it and it's a chance to build our self-confidence. So, um, you know, I don't know, uh, Lawrence, do you have any early shame stuff that you see still resides with you or? Well, for me, I know that, that Rich's uh, life reads like a after-school special. So... <laughs> sorry, Rich. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, I, I completely agree with you, and uh, I think that the way that you frame shame in your chapter and, and with what you're saying now, um, I think is very, very salient in today's society, especially when you talked, uh, you did talk about that science in your chapter, but even when we look outside of that and we look into the media, how we have all these go-it-alone people, and we seem to revel on how their going alone is going so bad. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think that it, it's very important to have somebody like you that can point out the fact that we do need that connection. And I did have a, a couple things to ask you, but I know we're running short on time. Okay. So 
we might have to have you back again. But, I would love uh, that. I know Rich has a couple things to say, and then he's going to ask you uh, for a brief golden nugget to share with the listeners. But first, I want to let him do some housekeeping and um, and see where we're at as far as time. Rich? Hey, Lawrence. Yeah, we, we have another minute or so. Um, go okay. ahead and ask that question that you wanted to ask Michelle, and uh, sure. that we can jump into the golden nugget and the gift giving before uh, we check in with, uh, with Sherry. Okay. I think, uh, I think what all the readers might want to know from you is when you were on those cubes, when you were a child and you threw up all over everybody, (laughs) um, (laughs) what exactly did you throw up? You know, I probably threw up my nerves, uh, but (laughs) I have a feeling it was something more aligned with spaghettios or bologna sandwich. Exactly, because that's what this would I have been. <laughs> this would have been my childhood uh, healthy eating, which you know it's a whole other topic. And so, uh, see, it's always that kind of information that uh, brings the listeners back. So, yes, and nice if you bring me back, one I will share <laughs> with you a great story where I threw up on a very famous person's seat. I'm not going to share it now because it has political consequences. Um, but that should leave you wondering. Nice bait. Nice bait. I like that. <laughs> All right. Uh, so what we want from you is uh, briefly uh, a golden nugget to share with all the listeners today. And then I think Rich wants to wrap things up and uh, see what we're doing from there. So if you have a golden nugget that you'd like to share with everybody now, what would it be? My golden nugget would be never, never, never believe for one moment that you are your emotions. You are pure potential. You are made to be great. And you can never let those beliefs hinder your progress and your action. So my golden nugget. That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, and also... Uh, everybody, it's going to be Michelle's birthday here uh, coming up in April, so uh, early happy birthday to you. Thank you. I love it. Thank you so much. And uh, back to Rich. We'll see what Rich has to say right now. Thank you. Thanks, Lawrence. Um, I appreciate the call out and making my life seem like a after-school special. <laughs> but I do want to say that I don't think it's fair for you to judge me and my life because as an adult, I still think Sesame Street and The Electric Company are great shows on PBS. They have awesome themes. You can learn a lot from them. So you're a naysayer, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Hey, oh, two, one, three, four. That's The Electric Company. <laughs> oh, man, we definitely need to so have much. Like a, an improv show. Um. Michelle, thank you so much for being on the Change Book Radio Show. Now, I know that you have – we're going to get into how people can connect with you in just a second. But let's – I know that you've got an awesome gift for the listeners. So go ahead and share what your gift is to the listeners today. Okay. Um, today, to everyone who's listened and everyone who goes to my website, which is 
www.heartofyou.com and just uh, write a comment to me in an email. I will send you an autographed copy of my first book, which is called Authentic Alignment, Wise Women Reveal the Secrets of a Stellar Life. And um, my chapter in that book is called The Heart of Shame, and I'm still discussing shame there because I'm really a shame uh, jihad. Oops, I hope the government didn't hear that. So now I'm going to be on the watch list. But um, uh, I'll just say that this book book is a powerful book, and I will send it to you if you'll simply email me in that comment section with your address and your name, and that book is yours. And because book 10 hasn't been released, but watch for it because it's coming, book 10 is a change series. Once that's out, if you go back to my website and... Again, write me a comment, and you can remember something that you took away from this radio show with Rich and Lawrence and myself, and just write it in the comment section. I will send you um, the MP3 of the uh, book chapter called The Word. So I hope that we hear from you, and please remember, if you can, uh, to write a review on iTunes, because we're newly on iTunes, and we really would love the support. So thank you, you guys, very much, by the way. Awesome. Thank you. And, uh, Michelle, awesome conversation yesterday and amazing interview today. And I think I speak for Lawrence when I say that we definitely want to connect with you outside the radio show. Let's connect on a personal, um, maybe a Skype call or we can do like a blab or something. I think, the three of us, and I know you've got a colleague as well. You said it's uh, your version of Lawrence. You said you work yes. well with someone. So let's get together. Maybe we can do um, a really cool, whether it's a virtual training or a live training. I think we've got a lot of things that will mesh together and complement each other. I think it'll be a, a great experience to do a training together. So let's let's chat about that in the future, Okay. I promise. It sounds like a great plan. I really look forward to um, getting to know you guys better. And to all the listeners out there, keep coming back to this show. I mean, the people on here are really dynamic, and there's so much value here. And I hope everyone has a really extraordinary day, and may it be shame-free or with a healthy shame. Okay. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much. Thank you, we're going to We're going to take a quick commercial break and up next we have sherry brantley so thank you again michelle we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be back in just a moment bye guys bye-bye this is angie taylor from attractingwellness.com are you wanting to make changes in your life and you don't know where to begin Start by listening to the Change Book Series radio show where you'll hear from each of the amazing co-authors as they share inspiring tips that guide you to live a better life today. Jim Britt and Jim Lutz had a vision, and the Change Book Series was developed. Welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your hosts and personal coaches that will show you how to bankroll your mind. Lawrence Pipkin and Rich Perry. 
Join Lawrence and Rich weekly as they interview the top co-authors from all over the globe who share their insights into self-empowerment with life-enhancing realizations that will touch every area of your life. We're live every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right, welcome back, and I believe we have Sherry Brantley on the line. Sherry, are you there? Hello, Sherry? Sherry, are you there? Um, I think we might have either... I don't know what happened. Lawrence, are you there right now? I am, sir. Up, oh, I think uh we just got a message um from Sherry. So Lawrence, actually why don't you I don't know, babble on for just a moment. I just got a personal <laughs> message from Sherry. She may be either having technical difficulties calling in or let me try and resolve that and go ahead and okay. talk to the good listeners for just a moment, all right? Sounds good. Um, well, I just wanted to, to briefly just let everybody know that uh, the Changebook series is created so that a collaborative community can be built. And by listening to these co-authors and feeling the intensity with which they operate is designed to open up and awaken that intensity that exists in every single one of us. And with people like Michelle, you, I hope that you could feel the passion and the intensity with which she speaks about the things that are important to her. And the reason that it is so intense is because it's important to her because she knows it's important for all of us. So please, when you get a chance, read her book uh, or the chapter in the book, uh, book 10, uh, she has some great, great strategies and little resources at the end of her chapter that are quite fun, as well as uh, maybe a little painful for some of us, uh, but it's all about growth internally that you can put into place every single day, and I think that's one of the most wonderful things about the Change Book series is it gives people the opportunity to not have to survive alone but to survive in a group that it has your back. It thinks the way that you think, but with a different perspective. So it constantly gives you the ability to see from the point of view of the other, which helps repaint our own perspective of the things that we care about and the things that we create. So this change book series is more than just a compendium of knowledge from the top coaches around the world, it's a movement designed to create collaboration and strength and a tipping point to how we should think, to how we used to think, to how the world wants us to think, how the universe wants us to create. So I encourage all of you guys to uh, go to iTunes and rate and review the Change Book Show. They actually have, we have all of the episodes on iTunes now. So if you missed the Deb Crow days, 
Uh, you can go back and re-listen to a lot of those episodes. Um, all those podcasts are available. And please, uh, co-authors, go back and re-listen to the passion that you had when you had your radio interview with Deb Crow. Uh, ask your friends to go and rate and review us so that we can make this bigger and better. And I don't know if, Rich, have you gotten things settled out yet, or am I still... No, Lawrence. <laughs> Lawrence, you did a fab- fabulous job of rambling on for just a moment. And <laughs> it's my fourth day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. Um, I was just reminded uh, our slight human error, but everything's resolved now. We have Sherry on the line, um, but we'll laugh about that in just a moment. So I'm pleased to welcome Sherry Brantley to the show. She's the author of Step, which is Start to Exercise Personal Power, How to Create Positive Change in Your Life. She's a certified life coach and is a dynamic leader and trainer specializing in the areas of goal setting and goal getting. She's, her, uh, she has a passionate purpose to assist people in making positive changes in their daily lives, affecting positive change by recognizing and utilizing their personal power while respecting and accepting the personal power of others. Sherry, are you there with us? I am here. How are you? Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us. And Lawrence, do you want to say hello to Sherry before we laugh about our little (laughs) snafu there? Well, hello, Sherry, and I'm glad that uh, you guys got it resolved quickly because I was running out of things to say. So I <laughs> I apologize. You know, some, I'm actually from Michigan, and I live in Arizona now, and I forgot that they just a couple of weeks ago went, they changed their time zones because they spring oh. forward, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, I've forgotten. Arizona is one of the only states that doesn't change their time in the U.S., so I apologize. No, I do that all the time. I'm always telling Rich, hey, am I eight minutes late or 52 minutes early or the opposite? So Exactly. <laughs> That's ahead, awesome. Rich, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, I mean, I totally forgot that Arizona doesn't change time zones. I mean, here we are. And that's one of those assumptions, you know. I mean, it's it's common things that you just forget when you're not thinking about it. So we apologize for the mistakes and anyone who's living in Arizona and you didn't change your times. So Sherry, (laughs) Sherry, thank you so much. I'm glad we had that resolved. And why don't you go ahead and tell us the title of your chapter and give us a brief description about what you're writing about, because I loved your chapter and I really want to dive into some of the key points that you talked about. Oh, sure, sure. And the title of my chapter in the change book, which is change book number nine, is Change the Beliefs that Keep You in Grief. And I talk about that because many times people are afraid to make change because of the beliefs that they either have from their environment or internally internally that they've um, devised for themselves, or they just have a belief system that no longer Um, appreciates the new person that they are and the emerging visions that they have for themselves. So sometimes people just need to be reminded that a belief is, like any other thing, it's a thought, and you can change your thoughts just like you can change your beliefs. And your beliefs need to match the new vision of the grander version of the you that you have in mind and in store for your life. 
Awesome. Lawrence, did you did you have any questions for Sherry before we uh before we dive in? Um two things. One, I really love two chapter. And second, tell me if I'm saying this right, metathesiophobia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's the fear of change. Yes, uh, yes, that's exactly right. You you've said it right. Uh well, my question for you is about that fear of change. And when we look at um, our personal life, when we look at our emotional life, when we look at our social life, when we look at the things that are going on around us, and I apologize because I never follow format, and so I know that you might be expecting some questions, but Lawrence doesn't play well with others, so he just asks whatever he wants. Oh, you're fine. (laughs) Okay. Um, I feel like while I was reading your chapter, there was something that spoke to me about the people's need, and by people I mean all of us, to understand change before they create change. And so with those two phobias, the the fear of the unfamiliar and the fear of or the anxiety surrounding change, what do you think is the big thing for you that – allowed you to step out of both of those fears? One of the um, the major um, portions of my life that allowed me to be able to do that was to actually look and see what those fears, what they were keeping me from. And so I took a look at where I was at and where I wanted to be, and then I had to think about what was keeping me from going from point A to point B. Now, and don't get me wrong, I understand totally what it's like to to have fear, whether it's fear of moving forward, fear of creating something new in your life, or even fear of eliminating some things in your life that you've been used to, to having. Um, one of my favorite sayings is that we first make our habits, and then our habits make us. And so I took a look at the thoughts that I was creating in my life. I took a look at the habits that I had developed. And I want to say here that habits can be good or bad. Usually when we say habits, we think of bad habits, drinking, smoking, you know, partying, that kind of thing. But habits can be good as well, you know, whether you're brushing your teeth for every day or, you know, um, or aspiring to be around positive people, those can also be habits. So any type of habits that we develop in our lives, those are what creates us and creates our um, experiences. So I wanted to take a look at all of those things and determine once and for all that I would drop the ones that were fearful, ones that were doubtful, ones that did not allow me to move forward in, in the vision that I saw for myself. And it wasn't an easy process, but you know what I tell people now? We always say that people have a fear of change. But really, if you think about it, if we look at our lives now, we ought to be afraid that it won't change. <laughs> so I have, people take a, <laughs> I have people take a look at where they really are right now and see what it is that they want to hold on to. And when people take a serious look at that, they begin to say, you know, I don't want to hold on to maybe this job that's going nowhere, or I don't want to hold on to my poverty thinking, or I don't want to hold on to um, excess weight. So when they look at that, it that way, they're more apt to begin to look forward to the change that they would like to make in their lives, and then they're able to set a plan to do that. Very nice. Um, and that's one of the things that I think resonated throughout your chapter was giving yourself the ability to say it's okay, uh, giving yourself the ability to say, 
I might not know what the unfamiliar is, but I don't need to be afraid of the unfamiliar because it's a path that I'm creating for myself. Is, is that, that uh, reading it correctly? That's the key point because when you become the person that's creating that change, then there is nothing to fear because you're only going to be creating what you're envisioning for yourself. So, And it's not a challenging path. It's not a hard road. And I think the issue is that most of us are taught that it is, that if you really want to go for your dreams, it's going to be challenging. You're going to have obstacles. There will be roadblocks. And that may be suit. Uh, true to a certain extent, but if you're creating that path, then you can also not create the challenges and the obstacles and the roadblocks, and when they do occur, you can have a positive perspective or a positive outlook to address those issues. And so that's what I help my clients to be able to see. Um, If you're going to take a specific path, what are those challenges for that path? And then let's address those issues now so as those challenges occur, you're able to be prepared for them and you can easily get through them. Exactly, exactly, 100%. Um, when, you were writing, when you were writing your chapter, what was, for you, I know that when I wrote mine, I had an underlying theme, and then I looked up and it was something totally different than what my underlying <laughs> theme was. So I want to know, did you experience anything like that, or did you have an aim? Were you able to just uh, create that vision that you had in your mind of your chapter, or was it something that, uh, came from a deeper place as you were doing it. I was able, I already had a, a pretty good idea of the theme that I wanted to use. And I don't know, um, I know you said you've read that chapter, but for uh, some of the listeners that haven't at this point, one of the main stories I tell is when I wanted to move from Michigan to Arizona. And I sat down one day and I realized, and I and this is in that chapter, Um, that I couldn't change the weather of the state that I lived in, but I could change whether I lived in that state. And to bring that that home, um, I lived in Michigan. I no longer wanted to experience the winter, those harsh winter months, and there's nothing you can do about them in Michigan. That's what happens in Michigan. But I thought to myself, well, what area can I move in while I would no longer have to deal with that aspect of life? And, you know, I took a look at, some different areas, but I was always drawn to move to Arizona intuitively. So um, that was one of the things that I really wanted to talk about in that book because many of my friends and coworkers said, you're not just going to up and move, are you? But that's exactly what I did, Lawrence. I sold my house and everything in it. I sold my car and everything in it. <laughs> and I packed up and moved to Arizona. And you have to realize I had never visited Arizona, did not know anything about the state or anything, but I just knew that that was a, it was a beautiful state. And I knew that, um, you know, it had the Grand Canyon, it had gorgeous landmarks, and it was a place that I would love to be in. And so that's exactly what I did. I let go of whatever fears there were with, you know, starting over, going to a new place, leaving family and friends. But you know what? I actually live in an area here in, um, in Arizona that's called Paradise Valley. <laughs> So I tell everyone I'm in my own little paradise now, and I really am. That's awesome. Uh, well, I don't want to monopolize. So, Rich, I know you have a couple questions for Sherry. So, do you want to jump in? Yeah, I do. And I'm um, Sherry. I'm glad that you brought up your chapter, and that was actually where I was going with. You talk about using the law of attraction, ho- holding that mentality because you you left Michigan and you moved to to your own paradise, right? Now, mm-hmm. 
Um, I'm sure you've seen it. Lawrence and I have talked about it a lot. You know, you, you see these uh, quote unquote want to expert law of attraction people on mm-hmm. the internet and whatnot. And they, some of them, not all of them, because I'm a believer in the law of attraction. And Lawrence and I have talked about this many times. We, we you know, some of, you know, these fake gurus, these false prophets, they have these programs and things like that. And they portray this idea that all you have to do is sit on your couch just thinking these happy thoughts of what I want and I can sit there and do my Netflix and chill eating Cheetos and all of a sudden someone's going to drop off the keys to the Lamborghini on my front door and a million dollars is going to arrive in my bank account. But what they're failing to recognize is that, you know, the root of attraction is that action and you do a phenomenal job of describing all the action steps that you took to leave Michigan and go to Arizona. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you give us a brief example? Uh, Just tell us all those action steps that you took. I mean, you did a great job of showing the reader that it's not just wishful thinking. It's not rubbing uh, golden lamps and just throwing out wishes to the wind. It's taking action. And you did a great job of doing that. Can you just tell us real quick all those action steps you took to use the law of attraction for your benefit? I'd love to, Rich. And I'm really glad you used the word action several times when you were um, um, phrasing your, your question there. And I want people to understand that ACT, A-C-T, stands for Action Changes Things. So you do have to act, and it's, it's really important that that message comes across because you're right. There are lots of videos and books that say you just need a vision board, you just need to write it down, you just need to visualize and think about it. But in my new book, STEP, which stands for Start to Exercise Personal Power, I talk about that very issue. Vision boards and um, dream boards are great as a start, but they will never get you to the finish line unless you <laughs> get into action. So that's very, very important. And you are correct. I actually, for some of those very basic steps, the early ones, I talked to, you know, a couple of family and friend members, and I said, I said family members and friends, and I said to them, I want to move, and they were like, well, just do it. And I'm like, yeah, right, I can do a Nike commercial and just do it. And then I made that decision on a Friday night, and, Rich, that Monday, I turned in my resignation at the job that I had, and I was working at a bank in Michigan at the time, and then that Monday evening, I posted all of my furniture and everything on Craigslist and other uh, bulletin boards to let people know that I was making the move. And then I also posted my resume online that same night. So I did everything within that three-day time frame, putting my furniture up, deciding I would move, turning in my resignation. Was I terrified? Of course I was. I was like, okay, what, what the heck are you doing? But I knew in order for me to get to Arizona, I had to get to Arizona. I couldn't dream about it or write about it or think about it. And so I actually put everything into action steps then. And as time, you know, went on and people started coming and buying the furniture and things like that, I was like, okay, this is really real. It's really happening. But what I want to say to people is that law of attraction that I talk about, once you become um, an action towards those dreams, that's when the universal principles align up to meet you where you're at. Now, had I just been thinking about all of that, that's where I would still be in Michigan thinking about moving. 
But once I put into action by putting my resume online, putting my furniture up, selling my home, all of those things came into alignment. And within that 30-day time frame, yeah, 30-day time frame, I was in Arizona. But you're right. It's so important that people understand that the vision boards and the, the dream boards, those are just a start. We have to get into action. And getting into action means out of your mind and actually physically making the steps to move forward to your dreams. Awesome. I love that. And and I love the fact that you talked about in your chapter uh, being committed. You know, I love that. Have you ever seen that Anthony Robbins video where he says, and, and, and other people have said this before, but I love it when Anthony Robbins says it, you know, you have to be so committed that if you want to take the island, you've got to burn your boats, you know, and you exactly. did mm-hmm. that. I mean, I'm sure the, there was flames all around. You burned every single boat, you know, saying, no, this is what I want. This is where I'm going. And these are the action steps that I need to take in order to get there. What It's not rubbing golden lamps. It's not, uh, you know, throwing out wishes to the wind or anything like that. You took action and that's, something that Lawrence and I believe in. That's what we tell people. And when you wrote that, when I read that in your book, in your chapter, I was like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> and you did a phenomenal job with describing it. It's not like you vaguely said it. You put the action steps that you do, that you took so that the reader can say, oh, wow, she took some action, you know? And you know what I want to share with your readers, and I know this sounds rather goofy, but – once I was on that airplane coming here to Arizona, I thought to myself, if this airplane goes down and, you know, for whatever reason, and I don't survive, as long as it goes down on the Arizona land, then I can say I've moved to Arizona. <laughs> so that's how committed I was <laughs> with that. I, I just saw myself being in the state that I really wanted to be in. And then for the first two or three days, every time I woke up in Arizona, I kind of looked out the window because I moved in October just before the winter struck there in Michigan. I would get up and look out the window just to make sure I was in Arizona and not still in Michigan. That's how excited and surreal it was for me to actually be where I had said I always wanted to be. That's amazing. Um, A little bit more of it, but amazing. And we like that. I... Sherry, I I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about, uh, I know that the Changebook series is a a stepping stone, and can you uh, talk on that a little bit about uh, the involvement? I don't know if you've had the opportunity to speak with the Jims, uh, Jim Britt and Jim Lutz, but uh, can you talk about what this collaborative um, chapter has done for you with the Changebook series? Oh, I'd love to. And, you know, first of all, it's very important to be around and associate with like-minded people. And I've, I wanted to stress associate because some of, some of the authors of the Change Book series have not, do not have a clue of what they have in Jim Lutz and Jim Britt. And I say that because they're not calling in, they're not going on the Monday calls and things of that nature, not collaborating with other authors. But this opportunity has been amazing. First of all, I was able to connect with you, Rich, and Lawrence, um, for a a webinar that I'm going to be doing shortly here in Arizona. I've been able to use the two-book strategy that Jim talks about um, and 
for people that may not be aware of that, is taking your books, you know, two at a time and, you know, reading them in public and being able to offer them to people who are decision makers that can either hire you to become a speaker or get you connected with other people that may be interested in your coaching or your webinars or whatever services you provide. So the information that and the connection and collaboration that I've been able to get through just being an author of the change book, a co-author, I should say, has been amazing. And what I'd like to say is the opportunities are there for all of us to take advantage of. So whether you're new and, you know, writing or this is your first chapter in the book or your first book, believe me, it's an opportunity that you would definitely want to take advantage of. And for the listeners who aren't familiar with the Change series, that whole series of books has so many stories from so many powerful, motivational, inspirational authors that there ha- there would definitely be something in there for everyone, whether you're talking about getting over your doubts, your fears, starting a new career, oh, any type of spiritual, personal growth. I mean, it's, some, it's, some, it's an amazing series. Very nice. Um, I know that, uh, again, Rich keeps us on track, so I'm sure he has a couple things to, to move us along. Um, Rich, are you still there, sir, and can you help us out? Yes, I'm here. Yes, I'm here. Um, Sherry, awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Tell us, because I know you just touched on how powerful the book series is and how much you've learned from both gyms. Can you tell us, what was it like when you got your invitation to be a co-author? Can you Do you remember any emotions you felt or, like... Give give us a little bit about how you experienced that invitation and and joining the community. Okay, that's 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 a really good point. And I have to say, I, I was already a published author, so I have over twelve books currently. So I wanted to say that for people who may already be authors that are thinking, oh, I'm already doing this kind of thing. Um, this isn't for me, because those were my first thoughts at first. But once I looked at the invitation and reviewed the websites um, that Jim has, both of the gyms, I was able to take a look and see that they have an awesome marketing strategy that's unparalleled. So that was one of the reasons why I decided to take a look at the entire opportunity and see how I could benefit from what it was that they had to offer. So again, whether you're this is going to be your first adventure into writing, and especially for people to say, but I don't write. Listen, if you speak, you can write, because that's really what we're doing. We're just talking about our experiences and putting that in written form. Um, the process was very simple. Um, I was able to connect, again, with both gyms and have the opportunity to have the phone calls that we have. And I have to tell you, there was one call that I had with, with Jim Lutz, and I put this on Facebook in the poster form. And he would, Jim would actually get you to really thinking about your business and how to move your business forward. And so he asked me specific questions about what I was doing on a daily basis because we, we all like to think we're busy and we're doing what we need to do. But when he broke that down to me as to the amount of hours and minutes and time that I actually spend doing things that are not moving my business forward, it was a major eye-opener for me. Now, I have to say to you, after that conversation, I actually was able to go out and begin to secure profitable ventures for my business, which made a big difference from, oh, I'm sending letters here and I'm answering emails here. 
that kind of thing. But it was a very good way for Jim to show me the marketing strategies that I was overlooking and things that I weren't doing in order to move my business forward. And that information alone has been priceless to me. I've since made connections to uh, sell my books, made connections to do speaking engagements, and two of them I've already done. I mean, it's just been amazing. It's I can't say enough about it, to be honest with you. But I was leery at first. You know, I got the invitation, and I was like, okay, what is this all about? But it was seriously an opportunity to, that I'm glad I did not pass up. That's excellent. I want to let everybody know also, um, you can find out more about Sherry by going to inspirationalvoice.com, um, look at her books, actually purchase her books, um, see what she's doing, and it's some amazing stuff. So um, when you guys are, are listening to the radio show, um, again, treat it as actionable items, uh, not just a great story, not just I love that she was able to do that. The reason that she was able to do those things is because she wants you to do those things as well. So make everything that uh, that we talk about an actionable item. Uh, so go to inspirationalvoice.com, uh, connect with Sherry, and live the life that you want to live by mirroring the lives of the people around you that are inspirational and that are successful. And when I read the stuff that you've done, Sherry, that's what you are. You are an inspiration for people to actually create action. So I want to applaud you for that and thank you for being that type of an inspiration. Oh, it's my pleasure. And that should be my new website that they go to, which is just my name, SherryBrantley.com. So that's oh, S-H-E-R-R-Y-B-R-A-N-T-L-E-Y.com. Perfect, perfect. Rich? Hey, so, Sherry, we're coming up on the end of the time, but we do have a couple more points. And I do apologize for Lawrence because he's not always up to par with, you know, the interwebs and sometimes I have to mail him letters. You know, he he wasn't in the know of your new website. So we apologize to any listeners out there. <laughs> So we pay uh, oh my, Lauren my. big bucks. You're probably going to pay for that. You know, you're going to pay for that. <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> and I, I actually should say that from that website, the um, people who visit that website are able to get a downloadable version of my step, the seven principles to the step program, start to exercise personal power. And that would be a preview for them to begin to um, set their goals and determine what their passion and their um the love for um, for life is, and be able to assist them to to begin to work on, walk on that path. Awesome, Sherry. Real quick, what's a golden nugget that you can deliver to the good listeners right now? Ah, my best one is, which is on my website. It says, "Knowledge is in the knowing, but wisdom is in the doing." So that takes you back again to getting into action for what it is you would like to achieve and create in your life. Excellent, excellent. And I believe you have a gift, correct? You have a, a gift that you want to give out? I know you just mentioned one. Was that the gift or you have a, something additional as well? That was it there, that downloadable uh, um, version of the seven seven principles to the step program. And then with that, it also has um, a, a second download. Let me get this out. A second downloadable version of the benefits of doing the seven 
principles of the STEP program. So it's two downloads that they'll be able to uh, receive, and they'll be able to begin to set their goals so that they can get their goals um, achieved. Excellent, excellent. And where are you on social media? Can you throw out some of your social media tags real quick for the listeners to connect with you? Yes. So, um, of course, I'm on Facebook under my name, just Sherry Brantley there for Facebook. And then for Twitter, it's Sherry Brantley 6. Um, so that's the Twitter tag. And then, of course, my website is SherryBrantley.com. I think that's it for me. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm also on LinkedIn, again, under my name. So everything is pretty simple for me <laughs> as a baby boomer here. Right on, right on. That's Careful all I have. Make fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence, did you uh, have anything else? I'm in, I'm in good company. Um, I just want to say I, I really enjoyed speaking with you, Sherry. I think that you have a wonderful down-to-earth actionable message for people and I I think that's important for people to realize that you know whatever your message is that message will resonate with someone so don't don't force yourself to be perfect about everything Uh, I think you're living proof that you just got to get out there and do have that wisdom to just do and I think you're an awesome example of that and I think that that's something that we should all aspire to do is be that doing person that people point to and say, you know what, they do it. And I think that's awesome. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure speaking with both of you guys, and I can't wait until we get physically connected. Definitely, definitely. Awesome. Okay, Rich, I well, know that you might have called the police, so you good? <laughs> nope, I'm, I'm here. So, Sherry, thank you so much for being on the radio show with us and sharing your insights and your valuable tips and for sharing those strategies to taking action steps to, you know, creating and manifesting exactly what it is that you want in your life. So thank you so much. It's been a joy having you here. And I loved connecting with you personally by phone. And now we had you on a a radio show. So thank you so much. And I'm looking to some great things from you and collaborating with you in the future. Cool. That'd be great. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Awesome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. I just want to let everybody know that um, we had two wonderful guests today, and we want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to both Sherry and Michelle. And um, Rich and I actually do like each other, even though we kid each other, so... (laughs) There's going to be no blows after the show. Um, but thank you so much for listening. Rich, do you have some closing comments? Maybe uh, how people can get in touch with us and things that are coming up? I do. Real quick, I have a couple shout-outs, and then we'll get into some closing remarks and a little gift-giving from, from us. And, uh, yeah, a reassurance to everyone. Lawrence and I are friends. We actually own a business together. And I'm sure you can – feel that coming through. It's, it's nothing but love between us. So we have a, a number one shout out going to W.T. Hamilton for sharing. He's been blasting it all across, uh, blasting the radio show link all across social media. So W.T., thank you so much. We're looking forward to getting you on the radio show coming up. And also thank you to Angie Taylor, During our commercial break, you heard a radio drop from Angie, 
and we're going to get a few more from some other co-authors. So thank you, Angie, for lacing us with that radio drop. Um, just to liven things up on the radio show, we have some big plans, and we're looking forward to collaborating and bringing a lot of the co-authors in to make this an exciting radio show. And also, please remember, we just got on iTunes. Now, before Blog Talk Radio sent only the newest radio show, uh, the newest episode to iTunes, but now you can download the entire archive. So get them all from iTunes, and please, please, Leave us a written review and a star rating that you feel we deserve. And we look forward to boosting up on the rating scale within iTunes and help get the message out to the masses all around the world. So thank you for helping us do that. So please leave that written review and that star rating that you feel we deserve. On a closing note, Lawrence and I have a gift that we would like to give to you, our listeners, and it comes in the form of a free training. If you're an entrepreneur, business leader, or someone, you know, maybe you're an emerging leader, okay, we have some free trainings that you can uh, download from our website, vortexmastermind.com. And you can even listen in to our live training calls every Tuesday night. And all the information is right there on VortexMastermind.com. If you're an entrepreneur or business leader or even emerging leader, go onto our website, download the trainings, share them with your leadership team, and let us help you to bankroll your mind for success. Lawrence, do you have anything else? For the good listeners no, that's before perfect. we end? Um, yeah. No, that's perfect. I, I have to get uh, the rest of the uh, trainings uploaded, so those will be there this afternoon. Um, along with that, it always talks about the next training that will be coming up. Uh, it's always exciting. It's always fun. It's uh, a way for Rich and I to kind of give back to the community since everybody has been so helpful and so encouraging to us. Uh, we kind of want to be that encouragement to others as well. So um, please... Maybe uh, maybe don't rate us on what, what we deserve, but <laughs> what you think we will be in the future? <laughs> I kid, I kid. No, uh, we love the reviews. We want you guys to reach out to us. If there's something that you know you want from um, a co-author, a question that you have, go ahead and pop it into Facebook, uh, even during the show. And if uh, it's something that we can work into, into our conversation with them, we definitely will. And we love giving shout-outs, so we want the interaction and we appreciate it. And uh, it really makes us feel as if um, we're actually helping these co-authors make a difference. And it's nice to hear from you guys. Rich? Excellent, excellent. (laughs) And um, two more quick shout-outs, of course, to our loving friend Deb Crow, who started the radio show. So thank you, Deb, for the vision and putting in the hard work to create the platform. Of course, loving, loving shout-outs to Jim Britt and Jim Lutz for the vision of the Change Book series and, you know, bringing together these world-class leaders 
in different areas of personal development and life transformation. It's been an eye-opening experience, and I always love connecting with the co-authors personally and even now on the radio show now that Lawrence and I are hosting here. Also, big shout out to our friend Sandy Cohen and her husband, Ed, who are rocking it in Vegas, and we're looking forward to doing some really cool things with, with you both. Sandy and Ed are in the same book as Lawrence, as Deb Crow, as Kay Sanders, and Dr. Carolyn Butler, and myself, and a bunch of others rolling book five, the book five buddies. And um, so big shout outs to them. Thanks for always listening. That's all that I have. Lawrence, did you have anything else before we end it? I know you just ended it, right? I just ended it, sir. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much for listening. Remember to hop on iTunes, give us a review, a written review, give us a star rating that you feel we deserve. We look forward to serving you right here with the Change Book Radio Show. Stay tuned each and every Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. If you happen to miss the show, you know you can download it right from Blog Talk Radio, and you can now download each show and the archived shows from iTunes. So on behalf of Lawrence Pipkin and myself, Rich Perry, we thank you for joining us in the Change Book Radio Show. We look forward to serving you in the future and making a great experience and eye-opening show for you, the listeners. So thank you very much, and we'll connect with you next Wednesday. Bye-bye. <laughs>